chapter seven of trial and triumph by francis e w harper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seven what next was the question mr thomas was revolving in his mind when a knock was heard at his door and he saw standing on the threshold one of his former pupils well charlie how does the world use you everything going on swimmingly oh no indeed i've lost my situation how is that you were getting on so well mr hazelton seemed to be perfectly satisfied with you and i thought that you were quite a favourite in the establishment how was it that you lost your place i lost it through the meanness of mr mauler mr mauler our superintendent of public schools yes it was through him that i lost my situation why what could you have done to offend him nothing at all i never had an unpleasant word with him in my life do explain yourself i cannot see why he should have used any influence to deprive you of your situation he had it in his power to do me a mean low-life trick and he did it and i hope to see the day when i will be even with him said the lad with a flashing eye while an angry flush mantled his cheek do any of the family deal at mr hazelton's store perhaps you gave some of them offence through neglect or thoughtlessness in dealing with them it was nothing of the kind mr mauler knew me and my mother he knew her because she taught under him and of course saw me often enough to know that i was her son and so last week when he saw me in the store i noticed that he looked very closely at me and that in a few moments after he was in conversation with mr hazelton he asked him if he employed a nigger for a cashier he replied of course not well he said you have one now after that they came down to the desk where i was casting up my accounts and mr mauler asked is mrs cooper your mother i answered yes sir of course i would not deny my mother isn't your name charlie and again i answered yes i could have resorted to concealment but i would not lie for a piece of bread and yet for mother's sake i sorely needed the place what did mr hazelton say nothing only i thought he looked at me a little embarrassed just as any half-decent man might when he was about to do a mean and cruel thing but that afternoon i lost my place mr hazelton said to me when the store was about to close that he had no further use for me not discouraged i found another place but i believe that my evil genius found me out and that through him i was again ousted from that situation and now i am at my wit's end but charlie were you not sailing under false colours i do not think so mr thompson i saw in the window an advertisement a boy wanted they did not say what colour the boy must be and i applied for the situation and did my work as faithfully as i knew how mr hazelton seemed to be perfectly satisfied with my work and as he did not seek to know the antecedents of my family i did not see fit to thrust them gratuitously upon him you know the hard struggle my poor mother has had to get along how the saloon has cursed and darkened our home and i was glad to get anything to do by which i could honestly earn a dollar and help her keep the wolf from the door 
and i tried to do my level best but it made no difference as soon as it was known that i had negro blood in my veins door after door was closed against me not that i was not honest industrious obliging and steady but simply because of the blood in my veins i admit said mr thomas trying to repress his indignation and speak calmly that it was a hard thing to be treated so for a cause over which you had not the least control but charlie you must try to pick up courage oh it seems to me that my courage has all oozed out i think that i will go away maybe i can find work somewhere else had i been a convict from a prison there are christian women here who would have been glad to have reached me out a helping hand and hailed my return to a life of honest industry as a blessed crowning of their labours of love while i who am neither a pauper nor felon am turned from place after place because i belong to a race on whom christendom bestowed the curse of slavery and under whose shadow has flourished christless and inhuman caste prejudice so i think that i had better go and start life afresh no charlie don't go away i know you could pass as a white man but charlie don't you know that to do so you must separate from your kindred and virtually ignore your mother a mother who for your sake would i believe take blood from every vein and strength from every nerve if it were necessary if you pass into the white basis your mother can never be a guest in your home without betraying your origin you cannot visit her openly and crown her with the respect she so well deserves without divulging the secret of your birth and charlie by doing so i do not think it possible that however rich or strong or influential you may be as a white man that you can be as noble and as true a man as you will be if you stand in your lot without compromise or concealment and feel that the feebler your mother's race is the closer you will cling to it charlie you have lately joined the church your mission in the world is not to seek to be rich and strong but because there is so much sin and misery in the world it is to clasp the hand of christ through faith and try to make the world better by your influence and gladder and brighter by your presence mr thomas i try to be and i hope i am a christian but if these prejudices are consistent with christianity then i must confess that i do not understand it and if it is i do not want it are these people christians who open the doors of charitable institutions to sinners who are white and close them against the same class who are black i do not call such people good patriots let alone clear-sighted christians why they act as if god had done wrong in making a man black and that they have never forgiven him and had become reconciled to the workmanship of his hands charlie you are excited just now and i think that you are making the same mistake that better educated men than you have done you are putting christianity and its abuses together i do think notwithstanding all its perversions and all the rubbish which has gathered around its simplicity and beauty that christianity is the world's best religion i know that christ has been wounded in what should have been the house of his friends that the banner of his religion which is broad enough to float over the wide world with all its sin and misery has been drenched with the blood of persecution trampled in the mire of slavery and stained by the dust of caste proscription but i believe that men are beginning more fully to comprehend the claims of the gospel of jesus christ i am not afraid of what men call infidelity i hold the faith which i profess to be too true too sacred and precious to be disturbed by every wave of wind and doubt amid all the religious upheavals of the nineteenth century i believe god is at the helm 
that there are petrifactions creed and dogma that are to be broken up not by mere intellectual speculations but by the greater solvent of the constraining love of christ and it is for this that i am praying longing and waiting let schoolmen dispute and contend the faith for which i most ardently long and earnestly contend is a faith which works by love and purifies the soul mr thomas i believe that there is something real about your religion but some of these white christians do puzzle me awfully oh i think that i will go i am sick and tired of the place everything seems to be against me no charlie stay for your mother's sake i know a noble and generous man who is brave enough to face a vitiated public opinion and rich enough to afford himself the luxury of a good conscience i shall tell him your story and try to interest him in your behalf will you stay i certainly will if he will give me any chance to get my living and help my mother it has been said that every thing has two handles and if you take it by the wrong handle it will be too hard to hold i should like to know which is the right handle to this prejudice against colour i do not think that there is prejudice against colour in this country no prejudice against colour said charlie cooper opening his eyes with sudden wonder what was it that dogged my steps and shut door after door against me wasn't that prejudice against colour whose colour charlie surely not yours for you are whiter than several of mr hazelton's clerks do you see in your case it was not prejudice against colour what was it then it was the information that you were connected by blood with a once enslaved and despised people on whom society had placed its ban and to whom slavery and a low social condition had given a heritage of scorn and as soon as he found out that you were connected with that race he had neither the manliness nor the moral courage to say the boy is capable and efficient i see no cause why he should be dismissed for the crimes of his white ancestors i heard an eminent speaker once say that some people would sing i can smile at satan's rage and face a frowning world when they hadn't courage enough to face their next-door neighbour on a moral question i think that must be the case with mr hazelton i once used to despise such men i have since learned to pity them i don't see what you find to pity in mr hazelton unless it is his meanness well i pity him for that i think there never was slave more cowed under the whip of his master than he is under the lash of public opinion the negro was not the only one whom slavery subdued to the pliancy of submission men fettered the slave and cramped their own souls denied him knowledge and then darkened their own spiritual insight and the negro poor and despised as he was laid his hands upon american civilization and has helped to mould its character it is god's law as ye sow show shall ye reap and men cannot sow avarice and oppression without reaping the harvest of retribution it is a dangerous thing to gather the flowers of sin that blossom around the borders of hell End of chapter seven